0: The scripture reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, "Be strong. Do not fear. Your, go- your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you." Then the eyes of the blind, then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth from the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. And the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the Way of Holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked rules will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast, they will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing, everlasting joy will crown their heads, gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of the Lord.
1: this Advent, we've been looking at prophecies from the book of Isaiah that foretell the coming of the Messianic age, the age of the Messiah. And in the Bible, the Messiah is the anointed Savior King whom God promised He would send to the world. And uh, so why does God send the Messiah? Someone says, to die on the cross. Yes. Someone else says, uh, to atone for our sins. Yes. Now the person says, to establish the church, to give us the spirit, yes and yes, the Messiah, the Christ, comes to do all those things. But in today's passage, Isaiah reminds us that, listen, just as important as anything else he comes to do, God sends the Messiah so that you and I might have joy. Did Did you that God wants His people to experience joy. Um, remember when the uh, baby Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem, The shepherds were abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. When suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord was round about them, and they were sore afraid. of the scene in chapter two. What did the angel say to it- them? Did he, did he say, uh, fear not, behold, I bring you good news that will be of great theological significance? No, he didn't say that. Did, did he say, fear not, I bring you good news that will be of great societal change? No, he didn't say that. What did the angel say? He said, fear not, I bring you good news of great what? Joy. Joy, I'm telling you about joy. So listen, we need to remember this. Chief among the reasons that God sent the Messiah and Will someday send the Messiah again. Chief among that is, listen, is there something? God wants us to have joy. He We have an amazing God. He wants us to have okay. joy. Now someone says, what kind of joy? Isaiah, Isaiah says first, God wants you to experience joy today, present joy. Now, the the primary motif of Isaiah 35 is a picture of people crossing a wilderness to travel to Zion, the city of God. All right, that's the picture. People crossing a wilderness to go to the dwelling place of God. Now, some ancient readers might have heard this as a reference to the Israelites who've left Egypt. They're traveling through the, the wilderness toward the promised land, all right? Others might have Read this as a reference to the Jewish people returning from their exile in Babylon. But either way, the primary motif, this is the picture, is people crossing the wilderness to meet with God. Right? Now let me ask you a question. If you were crossing a wilderness, you're in the middle of the desert, it's hot, it's dry, there's no water, there are a few signs of life, you're surrounded by danger. If you were crossing a wilderness, what would you be thinking? I'll tell you what I'd be thinking. I'd be thinking, I have be thinking i can not wait till this journey is done. Can't wait till I get this, get this over with. I can't wait till I reach my destination because then, when I reach my destination, finally I will have joy. Right? Now, there are a lot of people who live their whole life that way, with that mindset. A lot of people suffer from what I have heard described as Destination disease. Have you heard of destination disease? This is when you basically go through life thinking, I can't wait until I reach my destination, my next goal and then I'll finally be happy. Right? Now the problem with that, of course, is that in life, the destination is always changing. So you're a teenager and you're thinking, oh, I'm so sick of my parents. I can't wait to leave home and go to college. Then I'll be happy. Right? If you're in college, you're thinking, oh, I hate college. I can't wait to graduate so I can have a job. Right? Then I'll be happy. You get a child and you're thinking, oh, if I could just be married, then I'd finally be, and then I'm like, oh, if we could just have children, then we would be fulfilled, and then it's something else, and we could just buy our own home, and you live, you live your life this way. You're the end of your life, and you're thinking, oh, I just can't wait till I can retire. Then I can finally be happy and do what I want to do with my time. And so, listen, you live your life this way. That's destination disease. And then, eventually, you know what happens? Eventually, you die, like everyone. And on your deathbed, you realize this, You spent your entire life deferring joy until tomorrow. You spent your entire life waiting for tomorrow to experience joy. And Isaiah, in this prophecy, he says, listen, the Messiah does not merely come to get us through the wilderness, get this over with, no. He says, the Messiah comes to make the wilderness itself blossom with joy. That's that's part of this motif. Now listen, still the wilderness, still the desert. Life is hard, life is not perfect, but here's what Isaiah says. The Messiah comes to make even the wilderness begin to blossom. See, See that in verse one. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout joy. Middle of verse six water will gush forth, where? In the wilderness, streams, where? In the desert, the burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbly springs, in the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. Now again, to repeat, it's still a wilderness, still the desert, life is hard, but Isaiah says the Messiah comes to make even the wilderness blossom, right? In other words, to give us at least some degree of joy today. In John chapter 15, the night before he was to die, Jesus was teaching his disciples and he said to them in John 15 11, he said, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you. Not, not, I've told you these things so that someday you go to heaven and you can finally have joy. No, he says, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you right now and your joy. They be full, and this is just something amazing. God God wants us to experience joy today, even while we're still in the desert. Amy Amy Carmichael was a young Irish woman who in 1895, at the age of 28, she traveled to southern India to serve as a missionary, and she opened a home, a refuge there, for girls and young women who who were being rescued from the sex trafficking industry. And she continued in that work for 55 years until she died. Never returned home, never went back to Ireland. And in the last 20 years of her life, after she uh, suffered in an accident, um, Amy Carmichael spent the last 20 years of her life um, bedridden in ongoing, excruciating pain. And yet, even through that pain, she continued to leave this home for these women. She continued to love these girls. And she continued to exhibit what one reviewer has, and has called supernatural joy. There was something about this woman that just, just radiating joy. And I don't know about you, but when I hear about someone like that, I just feel like, oh man, I could never I could never be like that. How, how in the world could somebody be so joyful in such difficult circumstances? Here's something Amy Carmichael wrote in, in a, one of her books that she wrote during On Her Bed of Suffering. She wrote, if we are revived by grace and filled with the Holy Spirit, we are capable of bearing fruit in season and out of season, in fertile ground and in the desert, when life is easy and when it's not. And I I think that's basically what Isaiah is saying here. He's he's saying, listen, listen, Isaiah in this passage, he is not saying, when the Messiah comes, there will be no more wilderness No, when the Messiah comes, there will still be wilderness. But the wilderness will start to blossom, right? He's not saying when the Messiah comes, the desert will disappear. No, there will still be a desert. He's saying when the Messiah comes, the the desert will burst into bloom and will shout for joy. In in other words, he's saying Christ does not merely come just to get us to our destination, airlift us out of this world, get us to heaven so we can finally be happy someday. No. He says the Messiah
0: comes. Christ comes so
1: that even while we're still in these hard times, we can begin to experience the joy of God. And I wonder, has, God, has Christ ever done that for you? I'm sure He has for many. Of you. You've been going through a really, really hard time. And humanly speaking, it doesn't make sense. But for some reason, you can't explain you Just every now and then you get these believers of God's presence. His goodness, this, this, and you experience His joy as it happens to you. In, in the book of Philippians, Paul calls that um, joy that surpasses knowledge. We can't really explain it. It's just joy that God gives.
0: And I know that
1: probably right now, right now some of you are in the desert today. You're going through a really hard time right now. I, I understand that. And uh, I... I want to be careful with what I say right now because I don't want to say anything at all that will be dismissive of anyone's suffering. But I, for those of you who are going through the desert right now, I wonder if there might not be, even in your desert right now, one, two, maybe even three, flowers blossoming around you. So I, I just
0: wonder, by the way,
1: just little tiny evidence, even in this desert, that God is with you, that He hasn't given up on you. Just that, that uh, there's just demonstrations of God's love. You know what I mean? Now, the reason I ask that question is because I, I know from my own experience, it's easy when you're going through a hard time, it's easy to walk right past the flowers and not even see them, right? Does that make sense? I, Isaiah said, there will be streams where, in the desert, and sometimes, I've been in the, in the desert, and I walk right past the streams, and not even pause to take a drink. It's just little, little demonstrations that God is here. There's some good people in my life encouraging me. There, there, are ways God is still speaking to me. There, there, there I can look back on some trials, and I, am through them. He brought me through. Just, just easy. So I wonder if it would help you, just to, to look in the desert, look for the flowers. Look for the flowers. But the, the. Uh, the psalmist who wrote Psalm 103. I love how he started this song. He said this, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all these benefits. He's talking to himself. He's just saying, listen self, don't let yourself forget. You might be going through a hard time. God's doing something, right? So I wonder who would just help you in, if you feel like you're in a wilderness today to look for some evidence that the Messiah, even in the wilderness, is causing the desert to bloom. So what kind, of, uh, what kind of joy does the Messiah bring to the world? Well, Isaiah says first it's a present joy. He brings joy today, right? But then, if you look closer, he, he says in this prophecy, not only does the Messiah bring joy today, he will bring much, much greater joy tomorrow. So, yes, we can have some joy right now because of Christ. But we, listen, we will have so much greater joy in the age to come tomorrow. So when you read Isaiah 35, we don't want to overlook the fact that um, almost all the verbs in this chapter in Isaiah are in the future tense. The desert will be glad. The wilderness will blossom. Your God will come. Verse 4, He will come to save you. So um, it's looking to the future. Now when when Christ was born, okay, there was joy. Angels sang, joy to the Lord, joy to the world. But the fullness of Christ's joy, it's not yet. It won't be seen until He comes again. I hope you don't mind me reading something for you. I, I, I really appreciate the way this one Christian author, David Mathis, explained this. He said, when we say that joy is not optional in the Christian life, we don't mean that we will ever have it in full in this life. There are significant hurdles, barriers, infringements we face this side of heaven. Yes, God commands that we be happy in him, and he stands behind that command with his omnipotent help. But we're never fully happy. Not utterly. Not yet. Not as long as we remain in these bodies of sin, in this world of suffering with an enemy plotting against us, not as long as we are still yet to see Jesus face to face. Only in God's presence is there fullness of joy, and we are not yet in His presence. Only at His right hand do we have pleasures forevermore. Here, we have tastes of joy. By His Spirit, through faith, at times great tastes But we are not yet seated at the banquet table of the new creation. fullness of joy is not here yet. The greater joy is still to come. Now, you'll notice in Isaiah's prophecy here, this prophecy in which these people are crossing the wilderness toward the city of God. Notice that as they're crossing this wilderness, yes, the parched land starts to bloom. Yes, the streams begin to flow. Yes, the burning sand becomes pools of water. But notice, the people themselves, they don't start singing until when? Until they enter Zion. Verse verse 10 says, they enter Zion with singing. So, yes, there is joy in the wilderness, but it's like Isaiah saying the fullness of joy. that just makes you sing with all your heart. It's not discovered yet. Not until the journey is done. And uh, that is the way it is with Christ, isn't it? When, uh, when Jesus came into this world, He brought joy with Him. But we will not see the fullness of joy until He comes again. When, when Jesus came into this world, He brought healing with Him. He healed people, He still heals people, but we don't experience complete, universal healing until when? When He comes again, we'll resurrect Him. When, when Jesus came, he brought deliverance from sin. Those who trust in Christ are now set free from the dominion of sin, but we still have to struggle with sin, don't we? Every day we have the battle. That battle will not end until when? Until he comes again, and we're completely delivered. So we do have joy now, right? But the greater joy, the greater joy is still to come. So what are we supposed to do with that piece of information? Well, Isaiah says, verse three and four, he says, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, He'll come with divine retribution. He will come to save you. I think another way to say all of that is this, don't give up. What Isaiah saying here, don't, anyone here, you ever feel like giving up? No about two or three times a week, right? As they said, don't give up. Yeah, it's hard, but don't quit. Your God will come. Right before God, Jesus was to die on the cross, to be, taken, to be taken away from his disciples, he said to them in John chapter 16, he said this. He said, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve but your grief will turn to joy. He said, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when the baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. He said, so it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. I I love the last verse of this uh, Prophecy from Isaiah. I just love that phrase. Gladness and joy will overtake you. Like it's gonna catch up with you. You can't outrun it. It's gonna catch up with you. And I, I, I read that. I was just picturing you ever, you ever walk home from the train at night, and uh, you know it's kind of a deserted street, and, and as you're walking home, don't you hate it when you hear footsteps behind you? Like oh. <laughs> And and uh, and you start walking a little faster and those footsteps get faster and you start walking faster and they get faster, you realize this person's gonna catch up with me, and finally as they're coming, you you you, you, you can't resist any longer. You look around to see what it is. Imagine you turn on your shoulder and, and you look, and it's one of your best friends in the world with a big smile on their face coming to say hello to you. That's the image here, like you can't outrun this gladness. You can't well, you can't outpace it. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna run you down. That's the promise here. Gladness, you can run as far as you want. Gladness is going to catch up with you. Joy will find you when, when the sight comes to So Isaiah says, strengthen those feeble hands. He says, steady those weak knees. Say to your fearful heart, be strong. Don't be afraid. Your God will come. Now at the end of the uh, the European conflict in World War II, the Allied forces finally invaded Germany. They discovered in the basement of a house in the city of Cologne, they, they discovered a spot where very clearly somebody had been hiding in that basement, hiding from the Gestapo. The person was no longer there, but whoever this person was, they had, they had scratched some words on the wall of that basement. They don't know who it was, they don't know what happened. But this is what that person wrote. I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I don't feel it. I believe in God even when God is silent. Does so it felt like God has been silent for you lately? Has it felt like you are in the wilderness? Let me just tell you something that might happen. Your Messiah is coming. Your Savior is coming again. And just think about that. If, listen, if His first coming brought joy, like, if, listen, if, if His humble birth in a dirty stable was sufficient enough cost to cause angelic beings to burst into song, think about it. What will be His return in glory? What will happen then? I'll tell you what will happen then. This whole world will be filled with God's joy. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray for those of us who, in some sense, feel like we are in a wilderness today. I pray that we will start to begin to experience your joy now. We don't want to wait for tomorrow, we want it now. So I pray that through your word and by your spirit, you would communicate the presence of Jesus to us and just remind us that we're not alone. Cause little places in our world to pass out. Help us to see. It. But I, I pray that what will impel us, forward, I think, is this knowledge that this world is not all there is. That the day is coming the Messiah will return and our joy will overtake us. Your joy. Fill our hearts with faith in that promise. In Christ's name.